Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning. Whatever is your listening time zone, welcome to Real Talk with Nat. I am your host, Natalie. Most importantly, how are you doing? Hmm. I'm going to go on a limb and say that you're doing absolutely unbelievable. So a couple days ago, I bumped into this article by a gentleman called Eli Cook. He's a professor. I don't recall this, the university he is located, he's associated with. But the article was called How Money Became the Measure of Everything. I enjoyed it because it had a little history wrapped into it and it caused me to dive a little bit deeper into other readings, right? But I'll share with, me, with you what I discovered for myself that I thought, I thought it was interesting in any event. So two centuries ago, America pioneered a way of thinking that placed human well-being in economic terms. You heard me correctly. It was America in the mid-19th century that started to measure progress in dollar amounts calculating social welfare based on people's capacity to generate income. This in essence began transforming how we valued investments, businesses, and our communities. In other words, our environment and ourselves. Do you know that there was a point in history where the measure of a country was not GDP, that's gross domestic product, but rather the moral statistics. I thought that's very interesting. To break it down, moral statistics, physical, social, spiritual, and mental condition. Said another way, the measure was well-being. I think we as a society, regardless of where we are, what country we're in, we're actually fighting, seeking how to get back to that measure. Now, personally, I do not believe we will rewind, reset the hands of time, but we can figure out how to balance our world to have both GDP and moral statistics. Why not? Okay, so this is where the little history begins inside of how money became the measure of everything. In this mid-19th century era, America, which was known as the Republic, was a was functioning as a commercial society. One can say that through the reading of historical stories, well, yeah, we can say that through the reading of historical stories, such as cotton is king argument. Yes, there's actually an article. It's actually a book. I think it wrote a book. What is it? It was a, it was a speech 
that was authored by a gentleman in the South called Senator James Henry Hammond. This was in the 18, 1858. I need to take better notes, huh? <laughs> no, I get it. I am wading inside of the waters of the Civil War era. I get that. That is a whole nother topic altogether. And I probably will not be touching that. However, it was during this time period that became the catalyst of what you and I, we, in today's era, tend to call America the capitalist society. Interesting, isn't that? You see, Senator James, can I call, say, Senator James, call him Senator James, call him by his first name with his title? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So Senator James gave this amazing speech. Remember, Cotton is King. I really recommend you taking a look. Look it up. When he out, what he outlaid inside of Cotton is King, he felt assured and probably even got together many other his inner circle at the time to go along with this this plan i mean it sound very it was sound the south was the king of cotton so he thought even though there were actually among the south was among i believe the top three world producers of um cotton at least if nothing else in his mind the south was king of cotton which brought about cotton is king so inside of that he just completely assumed that the civil war would have been a good factor for the south hmm talk about a miscalculation on his side four years in guess what the South was now dying. And as the South was dying, the birth of capitalization was happening. History is amazing. Inside of this particular period, India, Brazil, Egypt increased their production and distribution, which caused the international community which Senator James thought would have knelt to him and the South didn't happen. The international community continued functioning right along without the South. So Senator James was not a happy camper. I can only imagine that part wasn't spoken about right in history, but I can only imagine that his plan was quite faulty. He didn't think about what other countries had the capability of doing. But in any event, because this happened, this is also what created that birth of capitalization. Because now the America 
had to figure out another way of capitalized investment, which is the act. Capitalized investment is the act of transforming all parts of society and life to make it capital, to capitalize, to generate income. And when we say all parts of life, we're talking about natural resources, technology discovery, art, educational institutions. We know some amazing university that was being, being built during this era, human beings. All of these, they were trying to figure out how to capitalize all of these things to generate income, to create assets that they could value and also yield future returns. You see, capitalization was birthed through the imagination of well-to-do Americans who now were seeking novel ways to expand their financial portfolio by employing capitalized investment. Let me just add this here as a side note. This method of tabulating wealth was also why enslaved blacks were considered an important part of owners, property owners, of course. Why? Not just because they were cotton pickers. They could mortgage, rent, insure, and sell them in highly liquid markets. I find this truly incredulous that enslaved blacks were considered high-yielding investment. Hmm. Wow, that's just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely from where I'm sitting, amazing, amazing. But anyway, I digress. But no, I have not. Because we are talking ultimately about how money became the measure of everything. And that is inside of how money became the measure of everything. They were looking at how to capitalize investments. What, what could they put a price tag on? How to capitalize, how to create. They weren't saying it then, but capitalism, really. Yeah, capitalism. You see, the Civil War really messed up the South. <laughs> but it actually put us where we are today inside of capitalism, like institutional capitalism. And it's bigger than just what I'm talking about here. How money became the measure of everything. It doesn't even pierce the veil of capitalistic America, capitalism, and all these words surrounding money that we call this country or label this country as rather. So with the upheaval that was going on, these well-to-do people had to figure out other measures, right? Remember, they were creating other measures, institution, art, all of those things. I said it earlier. And they created the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That actually was created in 1896. 
and that is a measure of different types of institutions which measures the prosperity of how it, it, it's it's like a temperature gauge of how an average of different capitalized investments are doing you see progressiveness became conceptual with money that's what all of this was all about how money became the measure of everything the well-to-do always wanted more nothing is wrong I'm just saying how money became the measure of everything they created capital investment to this day that's what it's all about how to increase monetary growth America society which is a capitalist society this can only occur this well I can't say this can only occur because we're seeing it with China Russia and some other countries but it occur with us faster because we as a country was functioning as a commercial democratic society and this platform commercial democratic society is the basis of how money became the measure of everything and it seeped into all aspects of our lives. This started from the mid 19th century. Now, I get it. Someone could easily listen and say, no, it has gone back further. But no, for this podcast, Real Talk with Nat, how money became the measure of everything started in the mid 19th century. In any event, here we are, 2020. We're inside of the corona era. And guess what the topic is still? How money became the measure of everything. Think about it. All the stimulus checks that's going on out there. It comes back to money. And where we are as individuals, whether we're home, stuck. Well-being is no longer an issue because no one cares about well-being. The matrix have changed. Everything is measured through money. And what Mr. Cook did is take us through a quick history. And I didn't did a flash history. <laughs> but... I, like I said, I just, I, I thought this to be very interesting. And one of the things that I'm going to quote in verbatim to what he said was, making capital accumulation synonymous with progress, money-based metrics have turned human betterment into a secondary concern. Leading to net worth is now synonymous with self-worth. If he's correct in making that, sta that statement that net worth 
has now become synonymous with self-worth, then we understand how money became the measure of everything. Because money is now self-worth. I don't know. But this is real talk with Nat. Again, I get to speak about the things that I find peculiarly, is that a word peculiarly? <laughs> Interesting. And we're seeing it every day. And it bears repeating. Net worth has become synonymous with self-worth, which means that moral statistics is nowhere to be found because it's not about our physical, social, spiritual state of being anymore. It's about the measure of your money. So how does money measure everything? What does money measure in your life? What have you equated money with? This is a longer story, but this is where I'm going to end. I invite you, I make a request rather of you to invite a friend, tell a friend and subscribe to Real Talk with Nat podcast. It is new. It is still a work in progress and we still get to talk about anything. As you know, I actually had a couple that did it. You can actually go into your podcast software, download system, whichever one of the five areas that you're listening to this podcast through. You can leave me a message. I'm welcome to hearing what you have to say, regardless of what it is. So until next time, this is actually a bit longer than I would have liked it to be. <laughs> it will not happen again. Well, who knows? But 15 minutes typically is the show. I look forward to seeing you next week. Once a week. I see you here, Real Talk with Nat. Have a great day. Have a great day. And I'm going to say this in closing. What does money measure for you? Does it really measure everything? <laughs>